Hi, I'm Erin Marcus, former corporate executive turned entrepreneur and founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business. Welcome to the Ready Yet podcast. We're excited to bring you more than 100 episodes of interviews and insights designed to help entrepreneurs get the financial and emotional freedom they need in order to build a business and a life they're proud of. Hello, hello. Welcome to this episode of the Ready Yet podcast with my guest today, Lanita Mitchell Blackwell, who I'm excited to talk to because, you know, we always get get the ball rolling here and get comfortable before we hit play. And I love what you were saying when we were, before we hit record, play, all the, we were also talking about my complete lack of ability with electronics. So there we go. But we were talking about your book and Live Life on Fire and this concept of excellence rather than perfection. And I was sharing with you a redirection in my business and the quote that was given to me, the redirection is for your protection. And I think this all goes together. So I'm excited about this conversation and what people are going to be able to take away from it. So why don't you give everybody real quick, a little more formal introduction into who you are and what it is that you do. Absolutely. I am Lanita Mitchell Blackwell, the intuitive business coach, and I teach people how to live their lives on fire, lives full of peace, joy, and fulfillment. And I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yes. This is fun. I, I love this because I, we, I was just sharing with you, and I'm very transparent about all this because I think I want people to learn from my experiences, right? learn from my experience I'm very transparent about this year for me felt the opposite of everything you're talking about (laughs) right yes but those are the times the years that we really need these tools right Um, one of the things that I came to learn about life in general myself specifically is that I had taken what most of our parents had taught us and let me tell you right now I believe that we were all raised by the same parents oh my god especially those of us of a certain age yes I totally agree with you (laughs) yes we were all told if you work hard you are going to do well, you're going to make money, and you're going to live happily ever after. And so we believed our parents because they love us, our community leaders, our teachers, right? And we saw them do it, but we didn't understand that this was going to be a hamster wheel <laughs> that we were never going to get off of because this happiness concept is fleeting. We would achieve whatever it was we set out to do. I've had a blessed life. I said, I wanted to be a CPA. I did that. I wanted to be an attorney. I did that. I wanted to run a media company. I did that. I wanted to be a speaker, a best-selling author, a coach. I did that. I did that. did that. In my personal life, I wanted to marry a great person. I did that. Have a child. Have a great daughter. But this happiness thing continued to come and then it was gone again. And so that meant a new goal had to be set. Right. And so what I came to is happiness is not what any of us are actually going for. We're not trying to be happy. What we really want is joy. And the difference between the two is that happiness is externally determined. You're happy if the sun is out. You're sad if it's not. You're happy when your girlfriend comes to town and y'all can go to shop and dinner. And then you're sad when she leaves. And so that's not what we're really looking for. We're looking for the inside job, which is joy, which is regardless of what the weather weather is outside, we're grateful. Regardless as to whether our girlfriend can come 
or not that we're thankful we have a girlfriend. You know, these are the things that no one knows to teach you. And I'm, I'm saying it like that because we tend to blame people, blame circumstances. I'm asking you to instead embrace your power to shift the narrative and then embrace the fact that you can, can determine what joy looks like for you. And I absolutely love this. I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago with my boyfriend, actually, because so many of my goals for this year were not met. So many of my plans did not work out. So many of the things and how I wanted it to happen, it just didn't go through all of the efforts, and which is unusual for me, like to your point. So I was getting very frustrated about that. However, we have this house, this new house, we have this property, we all summer long and into the fall, we worked outside every weekend. And we and I remember standing there with him at the edge of my my new joy is burning things on weekends. Who knew? I grew up in I grew up in Chicago. We didn't we, that wasn't a thing, but now I'm out burning trees and you know, and it's lighting things on fire. It's very nice. And but one of the things I said to him was, even with all that going on, I'm not unhappy. Like in the moment, yes, I'm not, I don't feel discontent. Yes, yes. And you know why? It's, it was in what you just said, because you were in the moment. We spend so much time planning, strategizing, thinking about tomorrow that we forget that if this moment right here, right now is not taken care of, tomorrow can't come. Not won't. It cannot, because if you're too ill to enjoy whatever it is you planned on, if you are so distracted by the chaos that's going on, then tomorrow means nothing. Yeah. And so that's 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 why you were able to feel that way, because you have cracked the code. You understand that joy is now. Joy, well, and, you know, and I try to going back to the fact that you're a business coach, I try to bring these ideas into planning for the business because, you know, I don't know when this comes out, but we're recording this right at the end of the year where, yeah, we we watch our numbers and debrief on wins and losses all year long, but there is a sense of the beginning of the year of a fresh start and you really do a deeper dive on all this. And this idea of being in the moment and cracking the code on how I want to feel while I do all these things is really what I'm applying to the business. The whole 80-20 rule, well, you know, what's the 80% of things we're doing that is only leading to 20% of our revenue? Let's just get rid of it. What if this were all easier? What if the only things I did, not only because, you know, there's some things you got to do. what you mean, yeah. But what if what I did was work at the intersection where what I love to do meets what I'm good at doing, where it meets where it helps my clients the best? And what yes. if we just stayed there? And what if we did just stay there? You know, a lot of times we think of our lives as being um, pieces of a puzzle, right? And we have this piece that belongs over here in this corner, which is our business. And we have this piece that belongs over here, which is our personal life. So that's relationship kids. And then we have this piece that belongs here. So that's our professional organizations or community involvement. And we think that we show up differently in these various places. We don't understand that who we are shows up wherever we are. 
And even when we put on the mask, and, and let me tell you, I was a master at that. Growing up, we called it code switching. And so depending on who you were around at that time, that's who you would present yourself to be. And we didn't realize, I didn't realize that real Anita was peeking through the eye slits. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I didn't realize how confusing that was to people who would meet me in one space and then we would run into one another in another space and I would be totally different. And they're just like, who is this person really? <laughs> and, and it's, you know, and you talk about that. That was one of the things, and I see this over and over again, my success in my business didn't come until I massively embraced the authenticity. And yet your experience is similar to mine where we come out of professional services. I was in financial services, C-suite level, like all of the designations you had. And the impression of what we thought that person was or who that person needed to be and yes. it just erases all the authenticity. And I actually, you know, combining all these things together, I think one of the reasons I am content in any given moment, regardless of the external, right? You said it before, yes. the external circumstances is because of the, like, it's just the authenticity of it. I don't have that added layer anymore. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. And we don't realize that as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as careerists, how exhausting that is Yeah, to not show up authentically. Genuinely. I just don't have the attention span for it. Well, the truth is none of us do. See, we think we do, but we don't. Because when we're doing that, it is wear and tear on our bodies, on our mental health. And then we wind up taking it out on some version of something we love, whether it's our bodies, we start getting ill, right? Dis-ease, we're not at ease. The people we love, we're snappy with them. When we go out and we're at the grocery store and somebody cuts us off and instead of us saying, there are 20 other parking spaces. No, we've got to get to this one. <laughs> you know? Woman get mad. I had a woman get mad at me last week because I gave her my parking spot. Like, and this is right. Like, and all I could think is what is your life like on a regular day? If I had pulled through, right. I was going to pull through to make my life easier. Mm -hmm. And then I realized she didn't see that. And truthfully, I was there first, but she didn't see that. And now I could see that she had actually driven past all the other options. So it was easier for me to just back up a step than her to like, so I did whatever. She gave me the dirtiest look and I'm like, how unhappy do you have to be to get mad at somebody else for giving you their parking? But, and, but this is an example of what we're talking about. And, and audience, we can't make these stories up. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, so, and you know, bigger picture, I think the, so one of the things I was taught and the definition of frustration is the difference between expectations and reality. Yes, that's right. And going back to where you started about what our parents and our parents' generation told us was the path versus, right, expectations versus what the reality is of the path has yes. created amount of frustration just in this country that you are watching leak out over everybody. Let's take a quick break. 
Intentional lead generation is the missing piece in most business owners' growth strategy. It's the bridge that moves people from experiencing your marketing and into actual sales conversations with you. If you want to learn how to bridge this gap in your business, join us on May 16th for the Lead Gen Masterclass and learn how to work smarter, not harder, to grow your business. You can register at conqueryourbusiness.com. We've made it easy for you. Just look for the pop-up. I totally agree. You know, I love DC and Marvel movies because they have a way of really bringing things to life for us. In the last version of The Flash or the last installment of Flash. I'm behind, by the way. No, no. Oh, my God. I'm a little behind. (laughs) You got to go see them. I'm a little behind. behind. I used to see them all opening day. Now I'm a little behind. (laughs) Okay, well, I can tell you this little part without killing it for you. (laughs) But there is this point where Flash realizes that a bad guy has been trying to do something over and over again. And he was like, dude, how long have you been doing this? Like, they're supposed to be fighting, but there is this moment where Flash is like, I could become that. What did you do so I don't become you? Mm -hmm. And so the myopic view that he had, it expanded. And he realized what we all have to get to is that we're all human beings having this experience and we're doing the best we can with what we have and what we see at that moment. And so if we want to get to a place where we see beyond what our parents taught us and what they saw, then we have to embrace our power and authority over our lives. That's number one. And the way we do that is a shift. We have all been taught that we have to live up to or above standards, which is really the definition of perfection. It's meeting or exceeding standards, right? But you got to get to, but who set these standards? Because I didn't set these standards for my life well, and I'm too old at 47 and just keep blaming my mama. Come on, right? Now, right? Well, and the other piece of that puzzle that I realized is it's a moving target because yes. there's no set definition right? Because there's no set definition of what those standards are. And it's really more of a, I don't know if this is the right term, but a value system as opposed to a objective situation. You're never, it's a moving target. You're never going to hit it. Let me tell you. So that was the shift. You have to go from perfection to excellence and excellence is you set the standard and that standard includes grace. That's the moving target because who I am and how I show up in the world now at 47 is very different than what I did at 27. And I really hope it's going to be different from what I do at 67. You know, these things have to happen for us, for us to realize that whatever it is we've said we want to achieve, money, cars, clothes, relationships, whatever, that they all have one thing in common, and that's us and the way that we view our lives and the way that we move forward in them. And until we get there, until we get to the place where it's like, we, it's not someone else's job to determine. It's ours. Well, and, and I, I think there's yeah. an added pressure I think there's an added pressure to this whole story for women of Mm. for people of color. Yes. For immigrant families. Like if you look at any of those groups and there's more to, to different degrees, 
not only were we taught what we talked about, we were also instilled with the belief that we were a representation of that entire group of people, right? Oh, you are pushing the day, yes. Like you are representing the, not even like the family. Yeah, you have the whole community on your back, like for real. Yeah, a woman, a woman in STEM, a woman engineer. It used to be woman lawyer. Now that's more common. It used to be like whatever breakthrough had to happen. And you know, I am so very grateful for our pioneers. We would not have them. I'm grateful for our ancestors who toughed it out and who said there would be a better way for you, my downline. Right. That being said. If we get to a place where we say, I am going to do my best for me, that automatically transcends everything and everyone so that we don't take our eyes off the prize. Because when we're talking about the community, well, see, now we're worried about other people's expectations and standards. Yeah. There's no grace Another moving target. Another moving target. There's no grace there. So I have to ask, I want to back this up because yeah. you gave us your list of credentials when we started. And I know when I okay. met you, I'm like, woman, what? <laughs> Who put you on a path? <laughs> so it, it really was my parents. I have wonderful parents who absolutely adore me and who always said I could do anything that I put my mind So you set out to do everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's one of those things where I thought that a certain career path would make me happy. And so I would get out there and I was just like, oh, this is not it. Like, especially when I came out of undergrad and becoming an accountant. And any accountants listening to this, you know, I love you, but y'all have a certain way of looking at the world. (laughs) And that didn't really mesh up with my personality because I'm very outgoing. I love people, right? And so then I was like, well, I'm going to go back and become an attorney. And I still practice law. I have my law firm over 17 years now, literally. But I needed to practice in a way that would play to my skills, gifts, and talents. Right. Because not lawyer culture, not the old version of law firms. It's a yeah institution, yeah. right? Not the institution, but your own version. Absolutely. But even getting there took time and, oh, yeah. you know, experimenting and, and trying new things like speaking and writing and and podcasting and being out here among the people. And I I came to understand that my love language is service. And so anything that I'm involved in, it has to have a component of that, including my relationships with individuals like my husband and my child, or I'm not going to be satisfied there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I, I'm always interested in someone with, uh, a storyline like yours where you've had all these accomplishments and now you're talking about this thing over here which and this is one of the points to me that is so important talking about joy talking about excellence over perfection talking about living in the moment these are not things that are the antithesis to success right like we are not talking about the person who has entitlement and wants to sit back and do nothing because the world owes them a living so they can be happy and joyful. No, these things go together. Yes, absolutely. They absolutely do. And I promise you, 
I understand that for me to have the knowledge that I have now, that there were things that I had to go through, right? But if there was some way I could take it and drop it into my 20-year-old self, my life trajectory- Could you even imagine? Right, would be so different. And it's not to say that I would would not have tried all these things, but my perspective of what they meant for my self-worth and my self-esteem would have been drastically different because my self-worth and esteem were tangled up with achievement and accomplishment for most of my adult life. It wasn't until I was in my early 40s, I think I was maybe 42, I was just like, this is not working. I get these things and people are just like, Juanita, you're just so awesome. And for that moment, it was great, but then there would, it would that moment would pass. And, and I call it, it's like, and I think there's so many people in our generation, and I really can't speak to if the younger generation feels this way, where on paper, you should be happy. Oh, yes. Well, I can tell you, my daughter has had the unique perspective of watching me go through all of this. And she knows that that paper is just that. It's a tree that died so that some ink can be printed on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I am so glad <laughs> that she understands that life is so much more than that. Like I, I, I'll never forget when she started 11th grade, she was invited to three AP courses and she's in the performing arts. And she went to her classes the first couple of days and she sent me a text she said mom I'm dropping two of these AP courses and the third one I'm coming down to honors this is too much work and I will be stressed out and, and the fact that my child knew that I would 100% support nice. that she didn't ask she told me what she was doing and I was like yes yes because life is too short to be stressed out like that and and I watch my niece do the same thing she's Halfway through high school, she's in model UN, travels the world. She's 15. <laughs> travels the world. I call it baby UN. It's my, right? like, you know, you're not actually solving world peace. You can calm down a little bit, right? Like, yeah. but the pressure. And, and so here's an interesting question. If we have this figured out, or at least some awareness that our parents created a story not intentionally, but our parents have created a story whereby external accomplishment means happiness. And here we are having this conversation of what we've learned to be accurate and inaccurate about that. How come these kids are in a worse situation? Because I promise you, when I was in Chicago public schools in the 70s and 80s, the last thing I was worried about was three AP classes and, uh, you know, they're actually in a higher pressure situation than what we grew up in. Well, if you think about it, right, the world has shifted dramatically from the time our parents came through to us and then now our children. So that's the first thing, right? And information overload is a real thing because we think that we have to be engaged in everything at all times. And that if we put the phone down for an hour that, oh my gosh, I've missed everything and the world has just ended. And we have to get to a place where we understand that that's not true. 
But that comes from believing that something external, yeah, right, is going to dictate our 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 self joy. That is the happiness. Be, yeah. And I think there's just a certain amount of years that have to pass and a certain amount of internal work that has to be done. You yes. know, I do watch my friends who have not done the type of personal growth work that I have focused on, who still yes. feel, you know, mired in, in the story. And you do, you know, you watch and you have all the empathy in the world for people who haven't done the work yet. It, and is-, it is not. <laughs> And, and you use the right word with empathy. You know, we we went there, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, right? And so we're not looking down in judgment. There's true compassion here. But you do get to a place where you look at folks and you're just like, how many times you going to keep trying to do that? That's how the definition of society. I watched that the the one that I end up with a problem I have a couple people in my life who are brilliant people who stay in the most horrible career situations yeah Yeah. and I don't understand I don't know if we were meant to understand right I, I think that we were just supposed to support them and hold space for them and be there when they're ready to help them however that looks which is a perfect, perfect segue to if you want to connect with Lenita and have her hold that space for you and learn more about living life on fire. What is the best way for folks to reach out to you and find you? Best way is my website, which is my name, LenitaMitchellBlackwell.com. Lenita spelled L-Y-N-I-T-A. And from there, you can join my email list, check out my blog posts. We can connect on social, but all roads lead to my website. Nice. Love it. Thank you for spending time with me today. I love chatting with you. I love your rose gold headphones. Very cool. I've been staring at them the whole time. But yeah, love your insights and your story. So thank you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. I truly enjoy bringing these stories of success and inspiration to you. Please join us in our mission to empower entrepreneurs to be in charge of their businesses and in charge of their lives by sharing this with anyone you know who would benefit from our tactical and motivating advice, leaving us a review, and letting us know if there are any particular topics you would really appreciate hearing about. See you next time.